This is Jason Mewes, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future, son. Snooch. Snoogans. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for April 12th, 2022. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm the Easter Bunny. Fuck, fuck. Fuck, fuck. Thanks, Easter Bunny. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Yes, Chip, you're right. It is Holy Week. Happy Holy Week to everyone who celebrates that. Happy Easter coming up on Sunday. And uh, Marky Mark got some words for you. <laughs> Steve, my, my real name is uh, Peter Cottontail. Um, you, you obviously uh, would know that if you saw me in my jacket. My basket of uh, fun toys to give all the girls and boys, and my uh, my ability to hide eggs everywhere. It it all makes perfect sense. I I understand fully. Film at eleven. Brings us to our film at eleven, our movie of the week. Chip, did you get a chance to get to the movie theater this week? Uh, I did not, Steve. I watched mine as a streaming type of uh, fun thing to do. So, yes, I did get to see a movie, but not at a theater. All right. So I also did not go to a movie theater this week and also got a a chance to see a new film on Amazon Prime. We talked about this last week. It's called All the Old Knives. This is a very slow, very dark exploration into the cia and how they do all of their secret work and a lot of whispering and sweeping camera moves and chris pine just being as handsome as can be going over an old case from six years previous where a flight was hijacked and what happened after the hijacking and who in the CIA was the mole that had all of the people on the flight in danger. So is this a, based on a true story? This is not exactly a true story. This is certainly based on some of the stories we've heard in the past, some of the investigations of hijackings and the idea of the private lives of these CIA operatives. And the mystery here is trying to figure out who it was that made a mistake that made this whole operation go sideways on the CIA. And this whole examination, this could be a stage play. This could take place in one restaurant where we have Chris Pine, handsome, smoldering Chris Pine, talking to the young lady who he used to have a relationship with and trying to figure out what happened six years previous, why she left and how this all came about and who to blame. Uh, Jonathan Price is in this, one of the great actors, just being wonderful and very carefully enunciating everything. Lawrence Fishburne plays the boss who is trying to find out the answers. And uh, there's a mystery that happens here. And I was really not shocked by the, uh, the result of the mystery. <laughs> it looks like, does it take place in Vienna? 
It does. This, okay. this is so. I mean, Vienna is obviously known for the sausages. <laughs> it also takes place in Carmel by the Sea, where the old people go to retire. Is that, is that caramel or caramel? <laughs> They make a very careful statement about, oh, you like living here with all the old people. And all I could think of was Clint Eastwood just retired. Get off uh, my lawn. And they worked <laughs> this, really hard on enunciation. That sounds like they may have gone to the um, uh, you know, the William Shatner School of Acting, Steve. There is a Chris Pine, William Shatner connection here where I'm, I'm looking at Chris Pine being very handsome and being very careful with all of his words. So much whispering, so many close conversations. This is like the after story of an adventure. It's not exactly an adventure. It's the, the re-examination of the adventure that they had six years previous. It's, it's more like a movie about the paperwork that James Bond files after his adventures. And, well, and that sounds just incredible right there. I mean... Yeah, I, I don't recommend this movie to too many people. Again, this could be an interesting stage play. They could have made this into a one-room recollection of what happened. So there's a lot of great dialogue, but you have to be listening very carefully because so much of the dialogue is just whispering. Okay. I, I don't recommend this one. All the Old Knives, it's on Amazon Prime. If you want to look at Chris Pine, go, go watch Star Trek. You got a chance to see the sequel to The Murder on the Orient Express from 2017. This is The Death on the Nile. This is Hercule Poirot, your favorite Belgian investigator, going through a murder mystery on the Nile. Yeah, I think there's a lot of green screen in this one, Steve. <laughs> you know, for an area that's so hot, I don't think there's any wind blowing at all in that okay. uh, in any set. Um, this movie is awful. Um, really? I'm going to say 25 out of 100. I mean, it is just, yeah, it, it's awful. It's got this great cast. It certainly is from a, a different era. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end, he's like, close the doors. We will uh, now uh, tell you what everything you know happened. Okay. It's certainly of a different um, era. It was meant to be from a different era. And yeah, not my favorite type of movie. I like I said, twenty-five out of a hundred for someone who is you know was certainly a person who should carry this movie. Gail Gadot, mm. she is lifeless in this. Really, it's just you know for someone who is just so unbelievably beautiful, she is not captivating. Hmm. And that is one of the things that really also grabbed me on this. Um, film is you know the pictures are just you know she is just an epitome of of beauty and poise and all that other stuff but in reality it's cardboardish mm-hmm. and that i don't know if that's acting i don't know if that's the, 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 the script but it just i i could not see her as a person who was wasn't wonder woman and then the other part is it just she just didn't really have a um a presence that you would want to have. How funny um, that this- you watched a Gal Gadot movie and I watched a Chris Pine movie and all we could think of was Wonder Woman. There were so many times where I've seen Chris Pine in All the Old Knives and thinking about his character in Wonder Woman and you were watching Death on the Nile and thinking the same thing about Gal Gadot. <laughs> well, I, I, the other part, once again, is the, the green screen mm-hmm. and um, 
just everyone is dressed to the nines throughout this entire film. It's meant to be that way. Once again, it's it's kind of a throwback to Hollywood from a previous era. Mm-hmm. This movie is just plain awful. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's too bad, too bad. All right. Maybe there's some movies that are opening this week that you'll like better. There is the third installment of the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. This one is subtitled The Secrets of Dumbledore. Dumbledore, Steve. Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, this should be pretty good. The other ones are certainly of the Harry Potter universe. They're not based on books, but anyway, they usually have a, yeah, they're usually fun. Okay. There is a movie called To Olivia that is coming to the United States this week. This is the story of the marriage between actress Patricia Neal and renowned writer Roald Dahl. Back to Roald Dahl this week. How about that? I want an Oompa and a pink candy boat. Oh, <laughs> oh, can we get past Willy Wonka after having the cast party this week? It's time to move on to something else. Speaking of moving on to something else, Mark Wahlberg is moving on to a different kind of filmmaking this week with a movie called Father Stew. This is a real life priest who went through a a real life journey from a a one-time boxer to his search for redemption well you know i'm getting good vibrations about this steve this is a a faith-based movie based once again on a person who's taking a um, transformation to become a catholic priest and of course you know it is uh the week of easter the passion of the Christ certainly is something on people's uh, mind. And if you don't want to watch some people getting you know, flogged really, really, really hard, you've got Mel Gibson. Mel here. Gibson. He's, He's starring in this. This is second week in a row we've got a Mel Gibson uh, film, Steve. He's a busy guy during the pandemic. And, and isn't it interesting to think about Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson and their faith, especially with Catholicism? Mark Wahlberg has said that he is going to leave Hollywood. He's going to retire and focus on faith-based films like this. This trailer really sells this movie. I would actually like to watch this film based on this trailer. Well, when you get there, one of the things to say is, yeah, tell your mother hello for me. <laughs> That's all you know about Mark Wahlberg. It's the Andy Sandberg, uh, you know, SNL skit. Hey, hey, Doc, how you doing? <laughs> it's, just, it just is so funny to me how often you quote Saturday Night Live and you never watch that program. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, somehow I've got an entire catalog that I can draw from and mess up all the time. There is a black and white film called Paris 13th District. This is a love story uh, between a group of friends in Paris. This really seems like a beautiful film. The trailer, again, sells this one really well. So an art film that takes Mm -hmm. place in Paris. That's a love story. I mean, I think they're breaking a lot of uh, cliches there, Steve. 
It looks beautiful. What can I tell you? There is a series coming to Netflix this week called Hard Sell. That is C-E-L-L. This is a mockumentary about a women's prison. Catherine Tate is the host of this documentary trying to look at the women's prison system in Britain, and she plays multiple characters. I am going to watch the heck out of Hard Sell this week. You said a mockumentary? Mm-hmm. I'm, I bet they're trying to get to 11 with this one. Yes, that sort of style for sure. There's another movie coming to Netflix this week called Choose or Die. This is about a young lady who needs to survive an 80s horror game and uh, finds out that uh, there's real life and death consequences of this game. Robert Englund is featured as himself in this one. I, I look forward to Choose or Die. And, you know, the holidays are here, Steve, and you know what that means for a certain demographic of person. Happy Easter, everybody. Here's your new episode of Doctor Who. The highly anticipated The Legend of the Sea Devils is coming to BBC America on Sunday. This is the penultimate Jodie Whittaker episode and bringing back the Sea Devils from literally 50 years ago. The Sea Devils made their first appearance in 1972 on an episode of Doctor Who. And boy, oh boy, when they showed the coming up next episode for doctor who and and the sea devils were on our screens the community really went wild we are ready for some new doctor who on sunday who yes yes catherine tate and doctor who coming to tvs this week book it 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 Brings us to our book it, our book of the week. Chip, you have been reading a book that we've we've talked a lot about Joseph Campbell over the last eight years. We have. You know, we talked about Pam Adore being the, the professor we'd all like to have, you know, the literature professor. And she is incredible. She is, you know, her specialty being dystopian and utopian uh, literature. And if you had said, well, you know, you've got to have two classes in the uh, literature department, then Joseph Campbell would probably be the one that you absolutely would want to have. And these were, a, this, this book is a series of interviews uh, with him um, before he passed away. So this is probably the year or so before he passes away, where they're performing these um, interviews. And the author says the best way to get a, you know, a good story from Joseph is to let him kind of lead this. You ask him a few questions, let him take you where he wants to take you. And there's just so much to glean from just, you know, listening to a man who spent his life basically putting together an argument that all the world's myths share some something that's very uh, common at the core. So whether you're in China or India or um, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, you know, moving to the, the Americas. If you have a, a group there, they tell stories that basically help describe their um, existence in the world, how you fit into the world. And the stories are in many ways linked. They have, they have, they have common uh, information that's being passed on, the important parts. Uh, and, and then, you know, it, it just, 
it just leads you to so many areas. You wonder why when you watch movies or you read stories, they're not really connecting to you. And this is part of the reason why, is that they may not be coming to the core. What made Star Wars or Harry Potter special where some of the other things that you watch just are not, not as special. They're just kind of toss away. And, and surprising to think of that word special and to think of how we as humans need this formula. The hero's journey is the formula. And when people diverge from that formula, the story doesn't wrap up our need for that specific thing. It seems like a dichotomy there. Yeah. And, and that's not the only thing. You know, he, he calls it a hero with a thousand faces. Mm hmm. And, and so that, there's where it, it comes down to. It's not always the hero's journey, but that is certainly part of it. And, and part where this makes it important is you are to determine where are you in that story. Mm -hmm. And th when you recognize where you are, and many times you can figure out what is the part you're supposed to be playing. How are you when you when you're talking to a young person? who is um, distressed, feeling um, alienated, doesn't mm -hmm. know directions, like that. who are you in that moment? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then when you're talking to a person who is maybe has more wisdom or uh, more experiences than you, and you're explaining to them where you are, are, are you asking that as a young person? Are you asking that as an older person? Um, how, once again, how do you fit into this? I, I find it just, I find his um, method of drawing from different sources, the connections he, he, he brings, they, they just speak to me on a deep level. They speak to a lot of people on a deep level. So we have an academic that's virtually unknown for a, a period of time, spends his youth reading, putting together his ideas, and then the second part of his life, he becomes a, a man on a, on a circuit where he goes and gives these uh, talks. And once again, they, they, they just they speak to people. I, I'm going to give you a quote that I just found to be fascinating. And it talks a little bit of difference between what a, a marriage is and then what a love affair is and, and why this is important. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and, and they were having some, some challenges. Uh, and, and as we're talking, you know, what, what do you have? You have information you can draw from. And I just happened to be reading this section uh, right around the time he asked me about this. But anyway, uh, marriage is not a love affair. That was the whole point. Um, a, a love affair is a totally different thing. Marriage is a commitment to that which you are. Uh, the person is literally your other half. And you and the uh, other are one. Uh, a love affair isn't that. It is a relationship of pleasure. And when uh, the pleasure gets to be unpleasurable, it's off. But a marriage is a life commitment. And a life commitment means the prime concern of your life. If marriage is not the prime concern, you are not married. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this, this idea of being able to take some thoughts and, you know, divide them out so that you can understand the difference between having a, um, uh, you know, a girlfriend and then maybe having a marriage and what that could, could mean. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Uh, and then there's, there's an entire, you know, it, it just continues that type of wisdom plays throughout this. I left this thinking that I would like to explore uh, King Arthur and mm-hmm. the story a lot more. Um, I have some knowledge of it, mm-hmm. but I just, he just keeps pulling from it the entire time. I'm going, ah, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. This is a great book for listening to as you're driving somewhere. Okay. Um, it's, it's a family type book. Um, I mean, it truly is. We've done quite a bit of study on Joseph Campbell and the idea of how George Lucas found his writing to be so instrumental in creating the myth that is Star Wars. And the idea of his analysis of storytelling throughout time certainly is a wonderful conversation. The quote in this book from George Lucas was, if I had not stumbled upon Campbell's work, I still would be working on Star Wars today. Because after he had read A Hero with a Thousand Faces, he understood the story of Star Wars. All of a sudden, he had the the skeleton to put the meat on. Wow. So, I mean, that's where it comes from. And, and that's powerful to keep studying what he was putting together, Joseph Campbell, and to keep thinking about how we identify ourselves and how we can help each other through storytelling. Well, and and you, you just had you know, one other part. It may show why Star Wars, the original trilogy, and even the prequels resonated a little bit deeper. I'm not saying the prequels are great. I'm just saying that the original trilogy had something to them and the, uh, the sequels, the, the, the three Disney put out really Mm -hmm. they're, they're struggling. There's, there's really nothing there. Mm -hmm. It's the storytelling. It's about the journey. It's about those characters. I think of Dune and the, the beautiful sweeping pictures that the first dune movie made and the the are we really allowed to talk about dune steve because it's a little spicy (laughs) the weakness of that movie is the character development where are these heroes going where are we going with this and when it's split into two separate stories does that preclude us from knowing the journey yes it's beautiful yes we have this idea of the future of what they're going to be able to get to but boy i i just couldn't get into it didn't yoga Berra say uh, when you come to a fork in the road take it yes okay <laughs> yes and so joseph campbell would say from the mythology is if you come to a fork in the road there's a road it's you know the less you know the road less traveled but anyway he would say go into the forest you got to go into the forest you got to go into the unknown and that's where you find yourself Hmm. and ultimately i mean he really gets down to religion you know this is a a, you know we're very religious week and the story you know what's the difference between many eastern religions and western religions you know, Western religions in many ways are not taking their stories as mythology. They're taking them as history. Mm-hmm. And um, that seems to be very different. And the stories are supposed to speak to you, according to 
Joseph Campbell. They're meant for you. Hmm. You are this character. You are to become this, this person. And part of it is self-examination and how you fit into the universe. And so this is, um, I, I, once again, I, I know that there are academics that certainly fight against a lot of Campbell's work, but I can tell you that Campbell put together a wonderful theory and a wonderful way of, of reviewing stories. And if you ever wanted to know a lot about Native American history or, or mythology and how, what, what that really means, and you wanted to compare it to say Celtic uh, history, and mythology, you want to compare it to say Roman or Greek and Egyptian, and you just keep going across. Hmm. Fascinating, fascinating work. Um, and I, I always highly recommend it. All right. That is the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, on his life and work, the collected works of Joseph Campbell, published in 2018. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. We've mentioned it a couple of times already. It is Holy Week. So happy Holy Week to all of those who celebrate that. Easter is coming on Sunday, April 17th. Easter is coming on Sunday. It's Holy Tuesday, Steve. Holy and this Tuesday. Is, and for some people, it means it's the day that Jesus uh, predicts his death. So, you know, it basically shows that Jesus was clairvoyant. Holy Tuesday, everyone. <laughs> Passover is coming on Friday, uh, so we can celebrate that. Those of you who celebrate Passover, happy Passover to all of you. Let my people go. Come on, Steve. <laughs> all you people know of, of the Bible is from movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Dogma. That's a movie. <laughs> and we've got Tax Day coming on Monday. Your that's, federal... that's a holy holiday. A lot of people it... say a lot of holy things on that day. A lot of curses are given that day. That is happening on Monday, April 18th. Make sure you get your taxes done. <laughs> also this weekend, in addition to all the religion and curses, there's a new football league hitting our TVs. This is the USFL. The United States Football League is back, and it's coming to Fox and NBC this Saturday. Well, a lot of people consider that like a, a, you know, a spiritual moment, Steve. This takes place on the Sabbath, uh, April 16th. It begins on Saturday, continues through Sunday. Uh, I look forward to a new football league. You might remember that I like really obscure sports, and the USFL is one of those. Uh, they had It existed. In the 1980s, the Chicago Blitz was the USFL team in the 1980s. There is no Chicago team this year, so I, I don't know who I'm going to have to cheer for, but probably uh, Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama is probably the one, right? Well, all the games take place in Birmingham, Steve. So whatever. Well, it, it, it is interesting, but it makes sense. I mean, the idea is I think there's only eight teams in this league, mm -hmm. and they're going to play for 10, uh, 10 weeks. They're trying to figure out a way to make it worth. A lot of these leagues, uh, they start up and they just immediately run out of money. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep that going? This is one of the, the latest attempt at keeping this going. You know, you're going to have, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but do you know who the original owner of the New Jersey Generals was? I believe that was one Donald Trump, wasn't it? That was Donald Trump. Yes. And he assigned Herschel Walker. 
So Herschel Walker left college to go play pro professional ball. And uh, Kelvin Bryant played for the Philadelphia and then Baltimore Stars, or Baltimore and then Philadelphia Stars. I don't know which one it was. And uh, a lot of people got their start in the, the um, USFL, the original version of it. I think this is the third attempt at trying to make it work. And you know what? Spring football is here. So there you go. I look forward to it. I, I love obscure sports, and I will be watching the USFL for sure. While that's going on, we still have our indie podcast bracket challenge going on. That damn podcast is sponsoring it, and uh, 64 independent podcasts are battling for supremacy in that <laughs> April Madness challenge that, that makes Chip so happy. April Madness. It makes perfect sense. Talking about obscure sports, that's pretty obscure. <laughs> I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think so. We got a lot to do this week, but we are going to be ready for next week. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Peter Cottontail. Also the Easter Bunny. Spock, Spock. We'll see you in the future.